It's time for the Hammered Sports Podcast. You heard it. It is time for the Hammered Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Gray, here with my co-host, Tom Abbey. How you doing tonight, Tom? Good, good. Glad to be back in the Hammered Sports Lounge, ready to talk about some some exciting sports. Yeah, it's uh, Wednesday, May 13th, and we are watching UFC live on ESPN Plus right now as we record, so... Uh, this is fun. Takes me back to the night that we got to watch some college hoops while we were recording. It makes it feel like we're getting some normalcy back in our lives. Yeah, we get to watch some UFC tonight. We have some golf this weekend, some more UFC. Slowly but surely, we're getting there. Yeah, we're making progress. We're step baby steps, get on the bus. Yeah. From uh, one of Tom's favorite movies. Uh, first thing we're going to talk about tonight is going to be some UFC 249 review. Uh, we're going to talk about which NFL primetime games we're most excited about. We're going to play a game called Name This Player. We're going to we'll talk about golf matchups. We're going to preview some of the UFC coming up. Um, and that'll be the show for today. Beautiful. What do you say we uh, start with uh, some UFC recap from Saturday night? Yeah. I mean, what a great card, first of all. Uh, and it delivered. And sometimes they, they don't always deliver. You see a lot of uh, big cards. Um, kind of fall short, and this one did not do that. Right off the jump, um, some of those early prelims were really entertaining, um, and then right into the main, all the way through the main card. Yeah, so I got to start with telling my gambling story. Yes, you do have you do have to tell this one. This one's good. Yeah, so uh, we were sitting around Saturday night, and several of us were keeping in touch. Whether it was you know via, I had a Zoom call going with a couple of buddies, and Tom was was messaging back and forth with us as we go. Um, so it was, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun as we're going through the fights. Well, I'm looking, I'm checking out my DraftKings, and I'm in, I'm in pretty good shape um, going to the main event as, yeah. as we get down to the end here. And, you know, you got Gaethje against Ferguson, and I'm probably looking at, like, making, I don't know, 100 bucks or something if Ferguson wins the fight. Um, but if he loses, I'm probably going to win, like, I, I end up winning $13 on DraftKings. So I'm like, all right, let me jump on my online site that I use here. And uh, let me just put some action on Gaethje here and uh, see what I can find. So, you know, I'm looking around the bets, and I end up playing Gaethje to win in the uh, fourth and fifth rounds, right? So the fight ending in the fourth and fifth rounds. In the fifth round, the number I, – I put like 15 bucks on it, I think it was. Yeah. Um, so $15 on each. And to win in the fifth round was plus 3,000, over plus 3,000. So that meant for my $15 wager, uh, I was going to pull in uh, $450. Um, on top of that, I also had the fight to go over three and a half rounds. So once we, we crossed that threshold in the, in the fourth round... I'm like, all right, so you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna cash here. You know, even if Gaethje wins the fight, I'm gonna probably like win 60, 70, 80 bucks on the night. I've been having cocktails, enjoying the fights with my buddies. He survives the fourth round, get to the fifth round, and you know, at this point, Gaethje's just teeing off on him. Yeah, I mean, he's just banging him up. And and as I'm watching Ferguson start to like stumble around the ring, it's you know about ten after one in the morning by the time this is happening, and. I see Herb Dean step in, and I just let out as loud of a yell as you can imagine in your house at 10 after 1 with a <laughs> sleeping daughter and everything else. But it didn't matter to me in that moment. I mean, maybe also the 
14 captain and diets i had had that night <laughs> took part in, in how loud i was but it was so much fun and this is why i love having action on ufc fights in some way or another um so i ended up clearing like 550 bucks by the time it was all said and done uh on the ufc fights and i had a great time doing it so um this is this is the these are the highs that keep you going in uh in betting and in watching sports and stuff like that so yeah, and, and a couple of our, um, you know, we, we made, each made a couple bets last week, and some of them cashed. So, Olenek, we gave you that winner on, on the podcast. Um, he went off at plus 250 and won the fight. So, Yeah, that was a nice win right there, the yeah. Alexi Olenek win. Um, one of them, uh, Kevin, uh, or um, the, uh, the fight that got canceled, Uriah Hall, yeah. um, unfortunately got canceled because Jacare got diagnosed with the COVID. Yeah. which uh, scared the crap out of us on, what was it, Friday that, Friday, that, yeah. that news came out? I was like, oh, my God, please don't tell me that this is going to stop the card from happening. Yeah. So, um, you know, we didn't get a chance to see that fight, um, but we did get Alexi Olenek home, which was a, a really good one. That was Tom's favorite bet of the night, and um, he looked good. Yeah, and I think both of us won a little bit on uh, DraftKings. I won about 60 bucks back, and again – I sent one out again tonight. Obviously, if you're listening to this, it's it's too late. But yeah. follow us on Twitter because we we send out winners. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's talk about some of the the highlights from the card, Tom. Um, I think it you know got started maybe a little slow with the early prelims. A um, couple of a couple of fights that went to went the distance. Um, yeah, with, but they were great. They were they were <laughs> good fights. Yeah, I'm Bryce Mitchell. Um, I said this that. The night of, I mean, he he made a fan of me. I mean, yeah, uh, you know, I know he has a, a couple victories under his belt, but uh, watching him transition from uh, submission to submission, trying a, getting a twister on him at the end of the round, like that stuff doesn't happen. And and to see him doing it over and over again was crazy to watch. He's definitely somebody I'll be watching uh, going forward to see. You know, I can't wait to see him fight again. Yeah, and um, we talked about the Vicente Luque fight against yeah. Nico Price, and it lived up to the hype that that uh, we had <laughs> talked about. Those guys, you know, they slugged it out for th- three rounds, um, and then you know Luque finally finished him late in the third. Yeah, um, what a fun, fun fight to watch. Those two guys, they lay it out on the line every time, right? Yeah, that was a good fight. Um, a lot of fun to watch. Uh, Anthony Pettis and Cerrone was good. They both went at it. Um, I think Father Time's caught up to Donald at this point. Yeah. Um, Pettis, you know, seemed to just be too much for him for most of it. Let's talk about the scoring anomaly of the night. Carlos Barza against Michelle Waterson. Don't get me started. You got 30-27 Esparza, 29-28 Esparza, and 30-27 Waterson. How on earth did that guy score that 30-27 for Waterson? So I... I thought Watterson was doing well. I actually thought she had a chance to win the decision. When I'm watching the fight, I see Esparza staying away, Watterson chasing, Watterson kicking, Watterson punching. Um, and the, the stats back that up. Watterson threw more, landed more, um, but they gave it to Esparza. So. Yeah, I mean, I thought Esparza won the decision. I, I thought it was the right call. Um so then we moved on from there to Olenek and Verdum, and Olenek wins by split decision. You know, there were times in that fight that it looked like, you know, Olenek was going to get choked out. He, he was yeah. going to get put to sleep, and it didn't happen. Olenek surprised me on his feet. I couldn't believe how well he did on his feet. Yeah. 
it was a it was a fun fight to watch really you know there was a lot of aspects to that fight that was mma from from every angle um you know you talked a little bit about pettis cerrone um you know pettis just wins the decision 29 28 on all three cards about you know about kind of what we talked about those guys the guys struck it out you know that eye poke i don't know that it really had too much of a of an impact but should have been considered an eye poke and it wasn't the official missed that um, then we move to the main card. Disappointing that Jorgen De Castro broke his foot early in the fight. Yeah. Um, it, if that didn't happen, uh, it could have been a much better slugfest because I think De Castro wouldn't have just backpedaled the whole time. Yeah. And let Hardy use his reach. Um, you know that 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 really was the that's that's what happens in fighting though, right? Sure. Um, Kelvin Guitar looked good. Um, yeah. Taking out Jeremy Stevens and doing it very well mm-hmm. yeah i mean um qatar looks like he looks like the real deal to me he looks like a guy that can that can compete in this weight class so absolutely um cater qatar however they say it i don't know francis nagano still as scary as i'll, I'll get out so rosenstrike comes in and you know he's undefeated knocking guys out left and right and i mean it's it really was about who's going to land the first big punch between yeah. those two guys. If Naganu catches you clean, it's over. It it's yeah. it took him all of twenty seconds to win this fight. Yeah, so that one ended quick. <laughs> was uh, a little anticlimactic, really. Um, Henry Cejudo against Dominic Cruz. Talk about that fight, Tom. Yeah, this one went. Um... A little different, but also the same result as we expected. We kind of thought Cejudo would take him down a little bit more, but he was he was giving as good as he got on the feet, so he didn't really need to. Um, got the stoppage right before the end of the second round. Um, Cruz looks different. Uh, he didn't look the same as, as we've seen him before. Um, you know, he was coming down a weight class. Cejudo had moved up, has moved up to Bantam, um, and it's not his natural weight class, so it seemed to. You thought maybe Dominic Cruz might be a little lighter on his feet even and have more power, but it, you know, Cejudo just outworked him and then retired. Yeah, that's the big news on the night. You know, he left his shoes in the ring. You know, that's uh, the old the old wrestling thing. You know, he didn't, yeah. obviously they don't wear shoes. and But, you know, as a, an Olympic wrestler, this guy, uh, he became an amazing striker on top of being a great wrestler. And um, he, he feels like he doesn't have anything left to prove. And I don't know – I mean, who's left? I mean, yeah. So one of the things we saw after this, like the next day, was a lot of guys saying that he's just using this as a renegotiation tactic. That that was his last fight on his contract with the UFC. Is another contract. You know, they were working. They couldn't meet meet to deal. So him walking away is like, hey, either meet my demands or I'm good. Yeah. So you know, it remains to be seen what will happen. Um, it's going to be weird. With the fights, you know, without the crowd and there's no gate money for that, you know, what can they do as far as paying some of these guys? I mean, yeah, the TV revenue is still there and the pay-per-view buys are still there. I, 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 from what I've heard, the, this pay-per-view did very well, um, it being the only sporting event on for the last couple of weeks. Right. Helped. But in general, their revenue has to be down. So, you know, is it a good time to be negotiating a contract in, in sports in general right now? I mean, Cejudo, three-division champion, right? You know, he... Two division champion, two, two division champ, yeah, and uh, an Olympic gold medalist, which he yeah. he wears at, at post fight, yeah. Um, 
you know, really good fighter. I remember you and I watching him, like, in his first couple fights in the UFC going, all right, you mm-hmm. know, he's a really good wrestler. We'll see. And now it's it's his striking is so quick and violent. His, his strikes are quick and violent. Yeah. It's um, – if he never fights again, he, he I mean, he's surefire UFC Hall of Famer at this point with the career he's had and the guys yeah. that he's beaten. And, and the two you know, titles. Ending yeah. the Mighty Mouse streak, right? He's yeah. the one that, that – you know, finally stopped Mighty Mouse's unbelievable run. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, it seemed like he would never lose. Yeah. Um, very, very, very fun fight to watch and a uh, very, very fun fighter to watch. Um, main event, Justin Gaethje against Ferguson. You know, we, we didn't really bury the lead on this one. <laughs> Gaethje won a, a, um, a very intelligent fight by him, which he... which is different for him. <laughs> I was so impressed and so surprised with the fight he fought and just how well he stuck to that game plan. You know, a lot of times we, we expect it to be a slugfest for sure, but we expect it to be a, a just wild. wild exchanges after wild exchange. And Ferguson was there doing his wild exchanges, and Gaethje was being collected, calculated, um, did not overexert himself chasing the knockout. He just kind of took what was there and – Tony Ferguson is just insane. The amount of strikes, vicious strikes he took. I can't believe it. I And when they stopped the fight, he was still on his feet. Yeah. <laughs> like he would, was not going down. I read a story today that talked about how uh, Gaethje's corner told him to take 10% off his strikes. Yeah. He, he said, said you're uh, trying to, you're, yeah. you're trying to knock him out with every punch. Take 10% off. Yeah. Right after the first round in the corner, you yeah. could, you could uh, when they listened to in, you could hear him say, take 10% off. What are you doing? Like, yeah. chill out. Yeah. You don't need to try to end it with every swing. Um, that being said, Gaethje and, and Khabib is next based on Dana White's statements this week. Yep. Um, they are going to have that fight on Fight Island. This summer. Yeah. As promised. And, um, you know, Connor had jumped in. Connor McGregor jumped in saying that he would kill Gaethje. And he was very pissed off about some, some shit that Gaethje said about, his fa- about him as a father. Yeah. Um, and a husband, I think he called him a shit father and shit husband or something like that yeah. in a tweet. I can't remember exactly what the details were. And Connor remembered that and f- he was, you know, basically interjecting himself into the conversation of what's going on there, saying that, you know, he'll wreck Gaethje or whatever. So yeah. um, I don't know if we'll ever get to that fight, but it'd be a fun one, wouldn't it? Those two guys striking with each other. Yeah, it- it would be a fun fight, but I would caution Mr. McGregor. We we do know what happened last time. He got so took a fight so personally. It did not go well for him. So right, <laughs> he's better distance himself from that. Yeah, and just be focused on on yeah. being the best fighter that he can be. Right. Um. So you know, Tom, that was it. that's a wrap on that UFC card. Um. Where do you want to go next? Oh, we're gonna talk about some prime time football. Nothing's nothing's more American than some. NFL football under the lights. Um, so the schedule came out. We've all had a, a week here or two to digest it and kind of look at um, what we like. So we thought that Kevin and I would each pick our favorite Thursday night game, our favorite Sunday night game, and our favorite Monday night game and uh, kind of defend that. Yeah, let's go in that order and let me kick off with my Thursday night game because I got a feeling that it might be the same as yours. Oh, yeah. Um, Thursday night, week six, yep. Chiefs at Bills. Um, when you look at the Thursday night schedule, there were not a lot of standout games on it. There's not. This one, you've got the defending Super Bowl champions coming to Buffalo, and Buffalo 
at night is there's nothing more electric. There's no stadium more electric in the NFL right now than that situation. You know, God willing, we have full capacity stadiums sure. at that point in time. Um, without that, it would take a little of the, the shine off of this. But I look forward to seeing this Bills defense try and slow down that KC offense in Buffalo on a Thursday night, short week. Usually that that tends to lean towards the defensive team. I think that and takes the home team. yeah. I think that takes away some of the advantages that Kansas City typically has. Um, I think that uh, you know when when you look at the the kind of style of play of, of the Bills. Um, on the defensive side, I think they're going to take away the the deep stuff and try and you know stay on top of. First of all, if you put Trey White on Tyreek Hill, you might negate one of the biggest advantages in the NFL. Yeah, I don't know if he'll follow him. Um, you know, I'm not sure if that's really in the in the cards at that point in the season. But sure. you know, not to get too deep in analysis on a single game, but that scenario is so exciting to me. Yeah, I think. Um it really is kind of bad, some of the games they have for Thursday night. And I know they do this. They try to get – I mean, there's only two teams that don't have a primetime game this year, and a lot of the teams that have one, are, they're on Thursday night. Um, so this is the only Thursday night game of the season where they have two teams who made the playoffs last year playing each other. Yeah. Uh, only two, or the only game with two of them. So I think that alone makes it stand out as a, as a must-see. Plus, it's early in the season, so it should be a, a you know an interesting – you know, litmus test for the Bills. Yeah. Um, can they compete against the Chiefs? Um, you know, it'll be it'll definitely be fun to see how that works out. The Sunday night slate is way better this season than, than what we had on Thursdays. There were a lot of games to choose from here. Yes. Who'd you go with, Tom? So I went with the Week 9 matchup. Saints at Tampa Bay. I mean, you're giving – give me Breeze, give me Brady and his new, new digs in Tampa Bay. Give me a pirate ship shooting stuff off. Um Every time the, the the Bucks score, it should be a very. Hey, is that fight over? Yeah, it's over. Uh, Keller won. Oh yeah, under two and a half rounds. That's all no. I care about. Round two, three minutes and thirty eight. Yeah, two and a half. So it would have. Oh, yeah, yeah. beautiful. Done so. So I and it was an upset. Kelleher um, was the underdog in that fight, but he was. We talk about the grizzled veterans against yep. the young up and comers. Asia was undefeated coming into that fight against the 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 veteran Kelleher. Yeah. Back to football. Back to football. (laughs) So, um, you know, that to me, that's the – I mean, that's got everything you want. It's got um, two teams in the same division going to be battling out against each other. you got two Hall of Fame quarterbacks going at it. Um, You know, it it should be a lot of fun. So, um, I love that game. And I was was really jostling between that game and the one that I ended up choosing. The The only reason I didn't select it is because the Saints are in the game that I did choose for Monday night. Uh, um, so I, I just I don't want to go I don't want to look like I'm just I want to see the Saints but I mean I do want to see the Saints in prime time they're Absolutely. freaking amazing to watch in in prime time yeah they're always exciting so um, the game I went with was Week 15 Niners at Cowboys I think that uh, you've got a really fun match up there with with an explosive Cowboys offense now with the addition of uh, CD Lamb. Um, you've got uh, potentially two teams that are going to be competing for their division. Maybe these two teams are at the top of the NFC by the time they meet in week 15. Um, so I think it could be a really fun matchup late in the season between two really good top tier NFC teams. Yeah. I mean, that game is, is pretty good. I saw it. I just, I don't know about the Cowboys, man. I, I don't, I don't know. 
I, their offense is going to be fun. That's the thing. Their their offense is going to be fun. The one thing I would say about the Cowboys that they're going to have a hard time with on offense is touches. I mean, there's only so many. There's only one football. You know, they always say yeah. there's only one football. So you know, Zeke's got to get his. Um, you know, you're going to want to work in Amari Cooper and his large salary, and you already have Gallup. So you know, how many touches do all these guys get? So oh, believe believe me, when uh, when I see Buffalo Pittsburgh Week 14, that's going to be fun too. You know that those are two teams that could be competing for division titles. Yeah, they could be jostling for playoff position if Pittsburgh rebounds. With, yeah, with Ross, Roethlisberger coming back healthy this year, presumably. That team should look a lot different offensively, and their defense be, is already really good. Apparently, uh, according to Jake Glazer, it'll be a lot fatter. Yeah. Well. Um, it should that, be interesting. Uh, the the Bill Steelers, not to get off on it, they played Sunday night last year when both of them were trying to make the wild card, and they, yeah. it kind of was an eliminator for that. So yeah, maybe the same thing coming down the pipe here. Some of the other really good games that are on that slate um, – You've got – so the Patriots have lost some of their luster. I'm not sure that it's going to be that exciting to see them hosting the Ravens in Week 10. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure it's going to be that fun to see them going to Seattle. I feel like Seattle could make a mess of that game for them. I like uh, the uh, Saints-Packers matchup Week 3. Yeah, that's fun. That's – yeah, in New Orleans. Yeah. Um, that's a fun matchup. How good are the Eagles this year going to San Fran Week 4? Yeah. Um, it's another fun matchup out there. So – you know, some really good stuff on, on Sunday night football this year. Um, let's move to Monday night football. Yes, Monday night. Who you got? I went with uh, another week three matchup, Baltimore Ravens versus Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, Super Bowl champions versus the team that had the best record in football last year, the last two NFL MVPs on the same field. What, what more could you want? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Now, my, I think that's an amazing game. Obviously, going to be very fun. Uh, you think that the Ravens have a great chance to win that game. The crowd's going to be hyped in Baltimore. Uh, weather sure. should still be good that time of year. Yeah. You know, it's going to be it's going to be gorgeous there for that game. You would think late September in Baltimore. So, you know, that should be a really fun. Which offense is more explosive kind of thing? This is the matchup everybody wanted to see in the in the AFC Championship game last year and never got there, you know. Um, So this will be fun. I went with week two, Saints at Raiders, because I can't imagine how explosive that crowd will be in Las Vegas for their first home game, prime time, Monday night, hosting the Saints. I think that the Raiders do have a little more juice than people think. Uh, I think they could be fun to watch. And I think that environment could absolutely be amazing, electric. And it it really is about the debut of that new arena, that new location for the Raiders um, in Vegas. Uh, To me, that game and the Saints in primetime are always a ton of fun. So I am super amped to see that game, and I really hope that we get to see it with a full crowd. Yeah, or in that stadium. Yeah. That's not certain yet. Yeah. Well, you know, there's there's a lot of craziness going on, yeah. but um, to me that I was super excited to see that matchup in in week two, um, home opener in that stadium, you know, with a packed house. The NFL didn't give them a cupcake, that's for sure. Sending yeah. the Saints up there, right, right. <laughs> I mean, and then you know to put it on Monday Night Football for your debut is sure. Which I think you know the NFL has done a lot of smart things with marketing games like that, especially early season. I mean, the Raiders. They're not. They, the last couple of years, they haven't been competitive. 
right, for, yeah. for playoffs. So to give them a chance where obviously the worst they could be is 0-1-1 and the excitement of the new stadium and fans wanting to see the new stadium and see them in Vegas, it'll it'll be an exciting game just because of that. So yeah, yeah. definitely a fun game, but come on. How do you pick against the, the Ravens and Chiefs, the best two NFL MVPs playing against each other? Yeah, just the, this environment seems so explosive and fun to me. I can't wait to watch it. Until it's 28 nothing at halftime. Yeah, I don't see that. <clears throat> but let's look at the rest of the, the Monday night docket. Which uh, which other games stand out to you that you see there? So I, I kind of feel like this is similar to the Thursday night uh, slate. There's a lot of games that are just yuck. I mean, yeah, blah. There's a, yeah, there's a lot of, like, even the, so week one, you know, they always double dip, give you two, two, uh, Monday night games. You have the Steelers going to play the Giants. It's in, it's in Pittsburgh, right? Oh, is it? Yeah. And then you have the Titans in Denver. Yeah. So, I mean. No, I'm not, I'm not blown away by either of those games. Uh, you know, then the next two weeks is awesome. Yes. Yeah, so then the next two weeks, they really hit their stride. Falcons Packers is nothing. I mean, I, I, I don't, I'm not excited about that really. No, I, I mean, Every year I feel like, oh, this will be the year the Falcons rebound, and they never mm-hmm. do. So Yeah. The Chargers-Saints game. Yeah. I, don't know. I don't know. but I don't know what the Chargers are going to be. Yeah, we don't even know. You know, We'll see how that quarterback works out. Yeah, Cardinals-Cowboys. I mean. No, that one could be fun. I think a lot of that depends on how yeah. the Cardinals come together. Um, on paper, it looks like they should be a blast to watch on offense at least. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that could be a, you know, a, a high-scoring fun game to watch. Bears Rams does not excite me at all. Buccaneers Giants. I mean, if Eli it, was still there, you'd have the the Brady, the Brady Eli, Eli thing, but, but you don't. You don't have it. So Jets Patriots. I mean, who cares? That that's going to be a stinker this year. Yeah. Vikings. How do the Bears get you know two Monday night games? I don't know. Um, Rams at Buccaneers. I mean, it's probably Khalil Mack. Yeah. You can bank on him. Yeah. Rams and Buccaneers, you're, you know, you're getting plenty of primetime Tom Brady, that's for sure. The Eagles-Seahawks could be a, a real doozy. Yeah, they've, they played a couple of interesting games over the last few years here. Yeah. I mean, uh, you, you have the, the, the two big quarterbacks. You got the two teams that are that are both contenders. I mean, they both made the playoffs last year. Uh, the Eagles squeaking in. The Seahawks being very good and just yeah. you know missing out on winning the division barely by the 49ers uh, to the 49ers. So. Bills at Niners. Yeah, that'll be. I'll, I'll have problems watching that one. I'm sure. Yeah, you'll be dealing with anxiety beyond belief. I'm sure leading up to that. Yeah. Um, Ravens Browns. Um, if the Browns rebound this season. Yeah. Um, with all the talent that they have. Uh, who does this schedule? Week 14 and 15. You have the Browns, Ravens, Bengals, Steelers. We're why the, why do the I want to see the whole AFC North? At the end of the season. Yeah. I mean, one of these teams has to be out of it by then, at least, right. if not two of them. Right. And, and then, then we get Bills-Patriots in the final Monday night game, which, you know, by all accounts, you would think that the Patriots may be out of it, you know, but it could be for the division title. Who knows? Maybe, yeah. Maybe the Patriots are better than people anticipate. So yeah, yeah. I'm not sleeping on Belichick. I know. That. I know. Me neither. Um, and I, I've had a, a few lively debates with people about how bad they think the Patriots will be. And I, I just, yeah. I, I won't say that at this no. point, you know, and, and if, if he trusts Stidham enough to run the offense and they haven't pursued anyone else, yeah. maybe he sees a lot in practice. Guess what? He's the one that gets to watch him all the time. Sure. And maybe he wasn't that far behind Brady last year in his ability to make throws. Yeah. For, I mean, you got to think they were what 11 and five last year. Yeah. with one of the historically bad passing offenses in football. Yeah, and, and you still know, we're 11 and 5. So if they get to average at passing, they yeah, could be better. Absolutely. Um 
The one thing I would say for all my Bills fa- fellow Bills fan listeners is the Bills have three primetime games in December this year. Two Monday nighters, a Sunday nighter home against Pittsburgh, and the other one is a game that can be flexed to Saturday night. Yeah. It's one of the four games that are eligible for flexing until Saturday. So. Yeah. I mean, the bad news for you is that if you don't have the division wrapped up going into week 17, you're going to have problems on your hands. Get out of here. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with you right after this. Are you a business owner looking to ramp up your online presence? Websites, social media, video, and more? Lion Global can either do it for you, show you how to do it yourself by doing it with you, or completely run your entire online footprint. And we guarantee a 200% ROI or you don't pay us to help you. Get a free 30-minute strategy session to increase your business's revenue at lionglobal.com. That's lionglobal.com. We are back, and thank you to our sponsor, Lion Global. Also want to shout out Buffalo Dietitian on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, Rachel uh, had her child that she was due to have. Baby Theo was born healthy and happy, and um, she's right back on social media posting great recipes and and things for people to follow during this crazy pandemic time that we're in, so uh, make sure that you check Rachel's pages out. Um, we're going to play a little game now called Guess That Player. And this week is Tom's turn to guess. So I've put together three players um, where I have details for them. And the way the game is going to work, I'm going to give some basic details about the player, some of their college career, some of their stats um, in the NFL. And Tom is allowed to ask me five yes or no questions. And he can guess a player's name after each question that he asks based on my response. Um so we're going to go through this, and um, we're going to see tonight's category is uh, winners of the Chuck Bednarik Award, which is for the best player in college, fo- best defensive player in college football. Um, so let's jump right in. What do you say, Tom? Yeah, let's do it. All right. This active NFL player is a two-time first-team All-Pro and Super Bowl champion. His career stats are as follows. Nine sacks. 17 interceptions, and 472 tackles in seven seasons. He was a consensus All-American and SEC Defensive Player of the Year. Okay. Should have brought a pen. Uh, let's see. And I, I will reread for you if you, if you request yeah. it. Um, but this is going to be fun for you guys to play along with here. See if you can figure it out. Okay. Is this player a safety? Yes. Chalk one up for the home team. Okay. SEC won a Super Bowl as a safety. Still playing. I think that's the, that's yes. the key here. Still playing. Yes. Um, well, the two-time All-Pro, too, though. That's that's an elite. Yeah. That's an, uh, is it Earl Thomas? No. He's not in the SEC, so that probably right. wouldn't help. All right. Need another question. Um, is he still on the team he won the Super Bowl with? Yes. Okay. 
I'm trying to think of which guys are what safeties in the last few Super Bowls here. <laughs> Is he on the New England Patriots? No. Couldn't remember what school McCourty went to. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is the beauty of this right here. <laughs> Watching Tom rack his brain. <laughs> I'm gonna be in the hot seat next week, so I'm not. I'm not too <laughs> excited about it. This is hard. It's uh-huh. the <laughs> Still on the team you won the Super Bowl with. It's not the Patriots. There was half the Super Bowls in the last 10 years. Um, is it? Is he on the Chiefs? Yes. Eric Berry? No. Come on. Oh, Tyron Matthew. Winner. Yeah. He made it. Woo. He got it before the end of the five questions. So Tyron Matthew was a two-time te- two first-team All-Pro, won the Super Bowl last year. Um, 17 career interceptions, 472 tackles in seven seasons. Consensus All-American SEC Defensive Player of the Year with LSU. I just wanted to get one. I didn't want to get skunked, so I feel a little bit better now. Yeah. Uh, I feel like, I, I like your odds on this next one. Yeah. All right. Here we go. This player is a six-time Pro Bowler, five-time All-Pro. He's a member of the NFL 2010's All-Decade Team. He was the winner of the Outland, Bednarik, Nagurski, and Lombardi Awards in college. Yowzer. 2010. I can I can pull up a stat line for you if you'd like it as well, um, which I think is only fair. Well, we got a defensive lineman, obviously, so that helps. Yeah. In his career, he has 72 sacks, 15 forced fumbles, five fumble recoveries, 11 pass deflections, 312 tackles. How many sacks was that? 72. Yuck. All right, 2010. So that would have been for the 2000 to 2010. No, the 2010s decade, 2010 to oh, 2019. 2010. Okay, okay, okay. Um, come on. Uh, did I can only ask yes or no questions, which makes it look right. like we're gonna be a little more targeted. Yeah. Um, would this player be considered a defensive end? No. Okay. So now I'm looking inside. All right. a lot of sacks for an interior lineman. Five-time All-Pro. It's got to be one of the best. So... Is it a boy named Sue? No. All right. Part of the hardness is just trying to phrase questions so they're yeah, know. right. But I can still like not be too generic that I'm not getting useful information here. Um, let's see here. I'm trying to think which ones had a great college career because that was a lot of awards they won, and then carried it over to the NFL like no big deal. Um, the 2010s. Uh, were they um, yeah, were they in the uh, SEC? No. Okay. 
currently still playing. Yes. Five-time All-Pro. And I'll add, this player was named on the first team of their conference in two conferences. Two conferences? Oh, AFC, NFC? No. Or college. College. Two college conferences. Wow. I'm not sure that was helpful I'm at all. Sure it probably made it worse. I'm just going to discard that for now. I feel like I'm going to be mad if I don't get this one, too. You are. Because if a five-time All-Pro, they're probably pretty good. I won so many awards. They weren't in the SEC. The, I, I can feel the process of elimination happening. He's like, it can't be Clowney, and then he's in the SEC. Yeah. <laughs> mm. um, were they in the Big 12? No. Running out of options here. Running out of guesses. You have one question remaining. This is, is going to be my first offer. I mean, you could you could eliminate a lot of things with with one question. They're still playing, which yeah. should make it easier. That's a lot of sacks. Yeah. And they're not a defensive end. Right. Can you read his NFL stats one more time? Yeah. 312 tackles, 72 sacks, 15 forced fumbles, 5 fumble recoveries, and 11 pass deflections. a lot of pass deflections, too, for a D-tackle. This player is a six-time Pro Bowler, five-time All-Pro. He's a member of the NFL 2010's All-Decade team. He was the winner of the Outland, Bednarik, Nagurski, and Lombardi Awards in college. That's so many. The Lombardi Award is for the best college football player regardless of position. Right. Who else was uh, no? Could have been him. I'm dying here. Uh, I don't know. Who is it? The answer is Aaron Donald. Ah, see that's the thing. I'm sitting here going, I'm like, no, it's a D tackle. Trying to think of what D tackles would get that many sacks, and I could not come up with Aaron Donald's name to save my life. Yeah, yeah. All right, final question for this week. All right, let's get let's go up to two and one. This player was an SEC Defensive Player of the Year. Unanimous All-American. Has 15 sacks and 139 tackles in his first three NFL seasons. He also won the Lombardi Award for the best college football player regardless of position. Three seasons. Who is this player? Oh, man. Three seasons. He's been drafted a couple years ago. Um, 15 sacks is a minute. I have not quite lived up to the hype, huh? Um... Let's see here. That was a shoulder shrug from me. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't see the shirt. <laughs> All right, so SEC Defensive Player of the Year. Three in their first three seasons, so they're still active. 
this would have been 2017 draft. Yeah. Does he currently play for the Dolphins? No. Um, oh, SEC, though. 2017 made me think Shaq Lawson immediately. Oh, yeah. SEC, <laughs> obviously. Um, who else was an edge rusher that year? Was he an edge rusher? What was this? NFL stats, 15 sacks. 15 sacks, 5 fumble recoveries, 11 pass deflection. Oh, I'm sorry. My bad. That's not that's not accurate. All right. That's not accurate. Give me one moment. I'll get the correct stats up for you. Like, this isn't hard enough. 15 sacks, 139 tackles, 0 forced fumbles, 1 fumble recovery, 1 pass deflection. <laughs> 15 sacks. Bunch of tackles. SEC Defensive Player of the Year three years ago. Four now. Uh, did they play at Alabama? Yes. Okay. All right, we're getting closer. guess the player is brutal <laughs> it is brutal with the yes no question only thing I, I mean you got one right which is really good yeah. I, I think one out of three is impressive if I get out one out of three next week I'll be ecstatic uh, I'm trying to get two out of three I got it down to Alabama which is helpful but now I have to think three years ago someone come out of Alabama it's so weird how uh, just a few years goes by and you forget about yeah who, I know. who was great I know. three years ago um, were they a linebacker? No. No. Were they a safety? No. Okay, so we got a D lineman. And one question remaining. <laughs> oh my goodness, from Alabama. These are these are brutal because as soon as you hear it, you're like, oh my god, how did I like Aaron Donald? Come on, how did yeah. I not get that one? This one was much harder than Aaron Donald, I believe. I think that I saved the hardest for last, I thought. All right. Um, I can't even think of anybody right now, so I'm just going to try one more question. See if I can get something. Um, man. I don't know. <laughs> Jonathan Allen. Defensive tackle, a bust basically from from Alabama. Um, he hasn't really done anything, but the fact that he won Lombardi Award for the best college football player, regardless of position, to me was wild. I didn't realize how great he really was in college, and for him to not be performing at that kind of level with Washington is crazy. You know, they've spent so much 
equity on that defensive line. You've got a guy that was the Lombardi Award winner, and now you've got Chase Allen or, or Chase Young coming in yeah. here to join that defensive line with all the other talent that's on that group. I would have never got Jonathan Allen. I could ask probably 20 more questions. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought that one was really yeah. hard, yeah. Um, and I think we're, you know, we're going to learn from this, too, like how yeah. we've got to make it kind of easy. So, you know, as I went through, like, the, the award winners of the Chuck Bednarik Award, um, Tom and I ran a practice run on this earlier tonight. Yeah. With, um, you know, I used a different player, ran through the scenario, and I wanted to see how he did. He ended up getting it, um, and it was Paul Pozlesny, uh, who won the Bednar. He's the only two-time Chuck Bednarik Award winner. Which is crazy by itself. Yeah. So, you know, some of the other guys that I had to choose from, it, it was a little bit tough. I'd have, been, I'd have been giving it away. I mean, you got Josh Allen from Kentucky last year, you know, the year before last, mm-hmm. and then Chase Young this year. So I didn't really want to use them. Um, Micah Fitzpatrick, you know, you might have been able to get that one. Um, but then you've got, like, Tyler Matikiewicz. Wow. Yeah. Current Bill. Yeah. Scooby Wright, who never made it in the NFL. No. Um, Manti Teo, um, that one, I didn't want to do that because you're a huge Notre Dame fan. Probably would have. Would crushed know, it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but my, I could have gone with Patrick Peterson in 2010. Yeah. Um, and Damick and Sue in 2009, who you guessed for the Aaron Donald thing. And yeah, is yeah. also a teammate of Aaron Donald at, at one point as yeah. well. Um, Ray Maualuga, uh, that probably would have been hard. Dan Connor. Yeah, Maualuga would have been difficult. Yeah. He fell off the face of the earth. Dan Connor would have been impossible. I wouldn't have even been able to pull his name out. David Pollock. You know, that probably would have been really hard. Teddy Lehman from Oklahoma. Yeah. E.J. Henderson. Here's one that you might have been able to get if I'd have given him. Uh, Peppers. Julius Peppers, yeah. yeah. You know, you might have been able to get that one. And you guessed LeVar Arrington when we talked about Penn State earlier. Yeah. Uh, when, we were, when I was giving the Pazlesny uh, details, you guessed LeVar Arrington, which is funny, also a Penn State alum. So um, I think this is going to be a fun little addition to what we do here. Um, you know, and every week we'll try to come up with something a little different. Maybe we'll, we'll you know, intertwine some other sports and stats. And I, yeah. I think, um, you know, and you guys can play along at home. And if you were screaming the answer and Tom didn't get it, let us know, send us a message and say, hey, I, I had that stone cold. And um, at some point, you know, I, I, when we, we're going to do another live video. And I want to do a live, and, and I'll give out a, a number for you to call and give us the answer if you get it. You know, we'll do it radio show style. And, yeah, you uh, can, or you could just put it in the messages like we were doing last time. Yeah, shoot, it, so. shoot us the message. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, by the way, oh, my God, there, there was another two-time Bednarik Award winner. Yeah. Pat Fitzgerald, the head coach of Northwestern, won it two years in a row in 95 and 96 at Northwestern playing linebacker. How crazy is that? I didn't even realize it. All right, Tom. Um, on to the next. What are we going to talk about now? Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the golf matchups. Uh, so Rory McIlroy and Dustin Johnson this weekend are going to play Ricky Fowler and Matt Wolf. That's going to be on the 17th. Um, it's going to be two, starting at 2 p.m. on NBC. They're playing at Seminole Golf Club. It's going to be a skins format. And, yes, for those wondering, you can get action on it. Um, BetUS right now has McIlroy and Johnson at minus 170 and Fowler-Wolf plus 140. Um you know, uh, I think the first thing for me is just so excited to have some golf back on TV, yeah. something to watch. Um, I think Skins, we were talking a little bit about the sport. It's such a fun format, and they don't really do it anymore. Right? You used to see, like, yeah. the celebrity Skins, the skins game in November yeah. every year, man. I was I was into yeah. it every year. And they just really don't do it anymore. Uh, what, what's your take on that? Yeah, so, I mean, when you're talking about the, the gambling angle, I, I can't see how you take the big favorite, especially in a Skins game format where if, if they can just, you know, string along, you know, three or four carryovers, and then, hit a big and then you hit a big one. You know, you got to take the dog in this scenario every time. I don't care who the players are. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, um, you could give me two aside on, uh, you know, against somebody, and I could I could win the skins game because right. I, I hit on a on a big hole. You know that that's the thing. That format really changes the betting angle on it. So um, I'm on Fowler Wolf. And by the way, you know, Wolf is no joke. Sure, this guy is the the NCAA champion, the reigning NCAA champion. 
comes out, and, and Fowler and him both went to Oklahoma State. These guys are buddies. They play together. They understand each other's game, uh, their weaknesses and strengths. It could be it could be a, a good opportunity for them against two players who are clearly superior. Yeah, individually. Individually, no doubt. But you put people in a team format, it changes everything. So yeah. uh, excited to watch it. It'll be a lot of fun. And we got the details for Woods. Um, it's going to be Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning versus Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady. It's going to be next uh, the weekend after that, so May 24th. Um, it's going to be on TNT from 3 to 7. Um, they're going to play nine holes of best ball, and then after that, the final nine holes will be played with modified alternate shot. Yeah, so very fun. Um, very fun. That that format's going to be great. Um, this is going to be, you know, really interesting to see. Yeah, I think uh, when you look at the betting angle, Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning right now in BetUS are minus 200. Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady plus 160. We were talking about it before. With this format, you again, you, you need to take the dog and just try to win that uh, the money here. Um, with them playing best ball, I think you know you can you can bet on playing a lot of Tigers and Phil's ball as we go forward. Um, it's the last nine. I think it gets a little crazy. With alternate shots, you could have you know Peyton and Tom having to hit some some challenging shots, and uh, they might not be accustomed to doing so with this kind of yeah gallery of uh, cameras and uh, you know millions watching at home. So it, it could be interesting where one of them you know makes a really bad shot that ends up costing the, their, their team here. Right. Um, you know, and you can watch a lot of things online. I just pulled a video up here um, analyzing Tom Brady's golf swing <laughs> So on YouTube. So you can, you can watch him swing the club. And it's not bad. It, it, it's, it's really a pretty good golf swing. And, uh, you know, the fact that you get the plus money in the Phil yeah. uh, Tom team against Tiger and Peyton, I mean, I think, again, this is a scenario wide open. You might as well take the dog and, and fire on it and have yeah. fun, right? Mi minus 200 is not a good money line no. if, you're, if you're betting Woods and Peyton. So, I mean, there's just not a lot of money to be made there even if they win. So Right. Uh, yeah, it should be fun. So um, last thing we're going to do, Tom, I think, is a little preview of Saturday night's card, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're not going to go into tonight's card because it's happening now, and when you hear this tomorrow, it'll be over. Yeah. So uh, we'll still start with some Saturday card. Um, the main card here, you got some good fights. Uh, what's one of these undercard bouts that you're looking forward to, Kev? Edson Barbosa. Um, you know, give, let me let me watch that uh, that fight between um, Barbosa, who's you know a, a grizzled veteran, against Danny Gay. Um, Gay had a great fight his last time out, and Edson Barbosa. I just love watching his kicks. That yeah. dude just kicks the crap out of people. So I'm excited to watch that fight on the undercard. I don't think it's a very exciting card in general. Um, sure. The main event's going to be fun with a couple of heavyweights slugging it out, but, you know, give me that Barbosa. I, I'm going to bet on Barbosa against Gay, assuming I don't know what the line is on it. I haven't looked at it yet. Um, you know, I can. you can probably pull it up quicker than I can. I don't know, Tom. Uh, I'm going to take a quick look and see if it I can. It is. Barbosa's minus 130. Yeah, Barbosa at minus 130. I'd, I'd lay that juice at minus 130, too. Yeah, I think um, I'm really interested to see um, Claudia Gadella versus Angela Hill. Angela Hill's been on a tear. I think this is her fifth fight in under a year right now. Um, which is crazy busy for, for a professional fighter. Um, and she keeps winning. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see that fight. And, yeah, like you said, Walt Harris versus Ulster Overeem, that's nuts. I mean, two big guys going at it. There's always going to be a, a draw. And, you know, Overeem has had an insane career. We were just looking at some of the stuff earlier. His first fight was in 1999, his first professional fight. Yeah. Uh, MMA, he did kickboxing um, before that. And then uh, Walt Harris, um, you know, coming off of the tragedy he had. So uh, it should be... You know, that that fight alone will be worth watching at least. Yeah, and in the, the preliminary card as well, you've got um, grizzled, the, the situation we love to talk about, the grizzled veteran Matt Brown taking on the undefeated young prospect in, in uh, Miguel Baeza. 
Um, so you've got a couple of guys that are on opposite ends of their careers. Matt Brown is tough as it get, man. He's been around forever, and he's a real test for somebody who's young and up, up and coming. So um, in general, you you can see those fights go either way. We just saw one earlier tonight. Brian Kelleher took down uh, that Azure kid, that Azure yeah. kid, um, who was undefeated. Uh, you know, Kelleher's been around forever. He's long in the tooth, and he gets the win. But on Saturday night, what was the, the fight that we saw? Jeremy Stevens. Yeah, Jeremy uh, Stevens Qatar. got – yeah, yeah, Calvin Qatar. You know, um, Stevens got knocked out. So, you know, those can go either way, and that's the, that's the great test about those, and that's why UFC is brilliant putting these fights together frequently. Yeah, it's, it's definitely – it's a, you know, where, where are they at in their career? Are they ready to take the next step? Can they get over somebody who's a tough out like Matt Brown? has been through wars and you know not backing down so and then you know the 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 veteran angle is i am not letting this kid take my spot i'm going to put him back down and i'm going to continue to be um somebody on this ufc roster that people need to be reckoned with so it's you know it's hard to tell who's hungrier because a lot of times those veterans know what it's like and they're not willing to let it go so yeah no doubt about it so i mean this is uh it's going to be fun saturday night i just love having fights back um, it's, it's so awesome to have UFC going again, and um, you know we got golf coming up. We've had some gambling fun here over the last few nights. Um, you know I, I've had some successes that are exciting. <laughs> um, so you know, guys, stick with us again here. You know we're 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 trying to evolve as a podcast, as you can tell with our little game that we played tonight. Sure, more of that stuff coming next week. Yeah. Tom, talk about what we're gonna do. So next week we're gonna do something really fun. I know that uh, this was Kevin's idea when he pitched it to me. Um, you know, I, I get really excited thinking about the different ideas. So what we're going to do is we're going to take the, the rookie draft class. Anybody drafted in the 2020 draft is eligible. And we're going to take turns, and we have to draft the best team starting 22, um, 11 offense, 11 defense. And, uh, you know, then we're going to put it out there for you guys kind of vote on and see which, which one gets the most votes and who would win in the game. Um, there's going to be some gamesmanship where we may take players that we think the other one may covet. And there may be some different strategies on uh, what kind of maybe offense do you want to run. Yeah, um, thinking of trying to put together a YouTube Live for that one next week. So, um, you know, that's all subject to whether or not we can get our production company together and, and do everything that way. I think it might be really fun to do that yeah. um, and, and get some live participation from you guys. Um, the first one was a, was a you know, raging success. Um, we had a blast with it. So um, if we can pull it together that way, we will. Um, otherwise, we'll, we'll just put together the podcast as usual and, uh, and send out those, those rosters that we came up with. But I'm hoping that we can do something live. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that one should be a lot of fun. I know I'm already working on that, and I'll have some uh, some guest this player for Kevin for next week. We'll uh, you know we'll try to give him a couple a couple doozies to come up with here. Yeah, and we'll we'll recap uh, what happens in the UFC Saturday night and what happens in the Fowler uh, Wolf against uh, DJ and Rory matchup, and absolutely. it should be a lot of fun. So um, thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, we had a lot of fun with tonight's episode. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I look forward to continuing to see this evolve. So um, until next time, cheers. cheers.